0: And what's going on everyone, welcome back to the show. My name is Blake Rafino, and this is Are You Serious? I hope that you are indoors watching AYS and staying out of the rain. We got a special guest. We try to have him live, but we're having some technical difficulties on that end. But we have Richard Dickey Lyons, former Kentucky football legend and star and CEO, founder of Has Been You. Dickey, what's happening, brother?
1: Uh, I was doing really good, and they just blamed all the technical difficulties right on me. And I did not blame
0: that. on you. I said, we are having technical difficulties. Yeah, bro, no, Meaning, no, so he it put it off he on me. But anyway, hand, Dickie, I'm very excited that you came on, man. How are things going?
1: And yeah, Things are going good. Always nice to talk to Mr. Blake Lapino.
0: You know it. You know it. Dickie Lyons from Has Been You. So, everyone that is just joining us, we greatly, greatly appreciate it. Go ahead and hit that like, hit that share, share into some groups. Share it to your personal page. We definitely, definitely appreciate that. But, guys, as always, and you always know, every show is brought to you by GM Varnedale & Sons. GM Varnedale & Sons has faithfully been serving the Baton Rouge and Denham Springs area for over 62 years. They take pride in all of their work, anything you need, AC work, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, oil chains, tire repairs, tire changes, no, no job is too big or too small. Call GM Varnedale & Sons today at 225 664 nine 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 two that's two two five six six four nine 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 two we greatly greatly appreciate and also we thought we had the edited version on that on that song but <laughs> we're making it happy so dickie first question out of the gate as most people can see and everyone can see on facebook wide receiver from the university of kentucky tell us a little bit about yourself or people who are just joining us i mean everyone in america is heard of dickie lyons but just giving the people a refresher. Tell us a little for about those, about yourself and has been you.
1: For all those for all those newborn babies born on uh, on May fourteenth, two thousand twenty, who haven't heard Dicky <laughs> Lines, that's, that's who you're talking about.
0: That's who I'm talking about, Dickie. All
1: right. Yeah. Well, Dickie Lines was born and raised in Laplace, Louisiana. Uh, played high school football at uh, Holy Cross. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute because it's a very very popular topic going on right now
0: very popular topic
1: and uh man it was uh was lucky enough to to get a scholarship to the university of kentucky where my father played where he was an all-american there hall of famer and uh then was fortunate enough to have a, a decent career there um and started a financial planning firm shoot eight years ago going on nine and then uh, about last year, uh, I thought it was just about enough time had passed where I was officially calling myself a has-been. Uh, <laughs> and I felt, pride, I felt proud about it, you know, a sense of pride for a has-been, better than it never was. And, I don't know, that's my life in a nutshell. And in between there, you know, i got, I got a beautiful wife and three kids.
0: Yes, indeed. Dickie Lyons joining us. Devin Sieb on Facebook Live says, brother, you have a tough draw on this VSN wide receiver bracket. Devin, we're going to get to that. But we're not going to let Dickie down because what everyone's going to do on Facebook and all the couple hundred people that are going to be joining us on Facebook, Twitter, and then the other 2,500 of you that are going to watch the show, we're going to all go to Twitter and vote for Dickie Lyons, but we're going to get to that in just a minute. So, Dickie, here's the question and where I want to start this off with coming from someone who played college football, played a little bit in the NFL. The new rule with college football is this name, image, and likeness. Players being able to get paid for their name, image, and likeness. As a former collegiate player, and not just a collegiate player, but someone who played in the SEC where football is king, what what is your first thoughts on these college athletes being able to make money from their name, image, and likeness? Are you in agreement with it or not so much? Uh,
1: I'll tell you right now I'm in agreement with it, and I also have a grievance with it. Because when I was playing, we would have that uh, NCAA football, right? That was out.
0: Right. And
1: this, there was actually a lawsuit that was filed, right? A class action lawsuit that you could sign up for. And mm. all my buddies were kind of just talking about, you know, they signed up. And I thought it was a scam. So I never really signed up for it. And then uh, about two years later, it settled. And everybody started posting their checks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And they, they got, you know, they were getting like 3,500 bucks, 4,500 bucks. And this was, you know, when we were looking for some money. And, uh, but at the end of the day, I was okay with it. I wrote a letter um, to the class action lawsuit. And I said, listen, it's okay. All I need is a statement saying that this was not the likeness of Dicky Lyons because there is no way he had 88 speed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What would – so let's answer that question now, and you wouldn't have. Dickie Lyons, what would your speed have been on NCAA football 06 – 05, 06, 07?
1: Well, look, if they knew anything about how to – I don't know what they were doing over here, and I'm not going to call out what they were doing, but the buddies on my team that I knew 100% were slower than me, they had 97, 95, 96 speed, and I'm sitting over here with 88 speed.
0: Let me, and let me guess, your route running was uh, in the upper 90s then, right? Yeah,
1: and my, hand, my hands my were impeccable, right? I could catch <laughs> everything. So it didn't matter. Yes, indeed.
0: I yeah, and look, I've, I've talked a lot about it, and I think it's interesting, you know, with with all this coming up now during COVID-19, I know that, people, that there was inquiries about this even before the COVID-19 epidemic. But the the I guess it just it seems as if the people who the people who have the issue with it have never played a a down in college football a day in their life. And the people who have don't have an issue with it. And so I don't have a problem with someone like a Joe Burrow. Who made a net profit from LSU, thirty six million dollars just in half of a season. That he gets something from that, but I guess it just comes to down to the fact, Dicky, that that we we're at that at that age and at that time. So, Dicky, why well, not join us, everyone that's in the show? If you have some questions for Dicky, go ahead and fire them off. Well, fire them off and we we'll get be, uh, over to our. my
1: analogy will be off, right? But I do have a plan, or I would think that this would be beneficial to the players. But I use the analogy of all right because we can't pay them because they're students, right?
0: Correct. All
1: right. I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole, but let's just say this, (laughs) but let's just say that the profit, it should be a profit sharing tiered profit sharing options. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe you've heard it, maybe not, but the way it should go is all the money should go in there and it should be tiered for starters, second string, third string walk on. Right. And based off of the profitability of the, whatever it is coming from the tickets or the tv or their likeness they all get a percentage and then you would also get a percentage if your individual jersey was sold now i think that that should all go into a trust and that money doesn't get dispersed to them until they get that degree from that university which means joe burrows or whoever it may be or you it incentivizes you to stay all four years and get a degree Mm-hmm. Right. And you make that choice. Right. And then it also incentivizes you to work harder and saying, okay, well now that I've actually graduated and I don't go to the league, like 99% of them don't, well then maybe they have a head start in life for the, for the effort that they put in the income that they brought into the school.
0: It, and Dickie, you make a very valid point there. A very, very valid point. And I, I it makes very, very good sense what you're saying. And I think that that's a good way to go about it. I think that the issue that some will say and some will have with that is, is that most of that profit. So for an example, the SEC network gave the university of Kentucky, LSU, Alabama, all the schools, the same exact amount of money. Now going down the, especially ADs would have a problem with this because, of all the, all the major sports outside, and Kentucky's different with basketball. It's a lot like LSU when it comes to baseball. But two programs only are going to make your money, and then the rest of them through Title IX that you have to have cost close to around $50 million at the end of the day with scholarships, tuition, whatever it may be, that they have to have for – all the collegiate athletes. So I guess the question would be is if the schools are, are able and are having to fit that bill, do you think that there should be some title IX things that should change? Should you, should, because you have one male sport, you shouldn't have one female sport or if you have one female sport, you shouldn't have a male sport. Do you see any complications there? And do you think that title nine should be just done away with so that this name image and likeness can go through?
1: Uh, for the sake of profitability, right? I mean, obviously, it's free market. I mean, it would be capitalism. But when you look at Title IX, the thing that upsets me, if, even if they just want to change the basics, which is it's you have to have the equal amount of scholarships for women as men. And mm. the problem is there is no woman's football team. So when right. there's no woman's football team, now you have to go give a whole bunch of scholarships away um, to make it equal. Right, that's it right. Reminds me of uh, it. Reminds me of my little nephew who was looking for a golf scholarship, and we were talking to one of the coaches, and he goes, "Man, I just I can't I can't give you a scholarship. We only get so many. Now, if you were a girl, I could you know I can get seven. <laughs> and Yeah, that's that's just what it's done, and it's not. And again, I don't think it's fair. Now I believe that everybody has the right to earn a scholarship, but I don't really know. I don't want to get too much into weeds because I don't know how much it works and and the finance
0: side of you know yeah and and honestly Dicky I the reason I even asked that question was someone who just comes from an SEC school playing at an SEC school to what their you know what their thoughts were about it now on the Twitter machine as coach o calls it a lot of people are asking is this the same Dickie Lyons from Kentucky in 07 versus LSU that is correct Tiie Lyons is in the building ladies and gentlemen go ahead and hit that like and hit that share. We greatly appreciate it. Now, Dickie, it's, you know, mainly we talk here about the Saints. We talk about LSU. We talk about other things, but that's the two main things. So, yes, you were on the team for Kentucky. And I'm, look, I'm not going to lie. When I first met Dickie Lyons face to face, you know, my first thought was, hey, is that the guy that hit Craig Stelts in that 07 game? But we don't have to go there. But at the end of the day, Dickie, when you played in that game, you've told me so many good stories about that game. Bring us back to that day. Bring us back to that atmosphere. And as most people who are going to watch the stream remember, in 2007, LSU would go on to beat Ohio State and win the national championship. But on that day, Dick, on that day, Kentucky was the better football team. Tell us a little bit about that game, and and you had a a very good game. Tell us a little bit about that and what you remember.
1: Well, I'll take you back. So, obviously, that was probably the biggest game of, of my career, um, it was the biggest win in Kentucky history, right? Taking down number one, they were undefeated. The year before, we played down in Death Valley, and it was they beat us 49 to nothing. I remember that. So going into the game, it was you know we wanted to be ranked, you know, top 25 for the first time in quite some time, but nowhere near um, the exposure or what most people around the nation would think the talent to beat LSU. I don't think mm-hmm. LSU thought we could beat them. I don't think. Uh, any announcers thought we could beat them. So then all of a sudden we get in there and the only people that thought we could beat them was us. Right. And mm-hmm. then it was funny how that shift changed, um, really around the third quarter. Um, that's right. And a lot of, and a lot of people say it was really when two things happened and, you know, just so happens I'm involved in one of them. Uh, but we were, we were down. And then Stevie Johnson on the left caught it, caught a ball. And then I saw Craig Stouts, who I played ball with. Um, he went to Rome with the Holy Cross. And, I mean, I just said, okay, this is going to be a great back block because Dickie Lyons is incredible at hitting people when they're not looking. That
0: was one of my specialties. <laughs> and I'm about you can't so, do that nowadays, Dick. You get a flag, but. Yeah, but I'm talking about just freaking
1: laid him out, right? I mean, took him out of the game. So took him out of the game, and then that fired up my sideline. And then right after that, we ended up scoring that drive. And then the very next on the kickoff, Monsell Allen, who also was a hometown New Orleans boy. That's right. Who went to Holy Cross. He runs down there and just, I'm talking about full speed, runs into one of y'all's tight ends. That was about 6'6", 250. And Monsell is like 5'7", 220. And just knocks him out again, right? So two knockouts within two minutes. Right. It was kind of like that fourth quarter. You're getting tired, kind of like a rocky when then all of a sudden, you know, Ivan Drago kind of goes, holy crap, these dudes are ain't going away. They're getting strong. Um, and I mean, those were so many good memories, but that really sparked that fourth quarter, which led into a triple overtime, which was just back to back to back. It was probably the funnest game I've ever played in from a competition standpoint, because it was just it meant so much to both teams at that point.
0: Well, and Dicky, I mean the stats that you have from that game—six catches, forty-nine yards—you know, just so many great plays. You know, I honestly thought Dicky, you know, well, when you said one of the biggest games ever played in, and I, you're you're definitely right, especially when taking down number one. You know, I remember in that game, Dick, that it just seemed like LSU coming out in the second half offensively just couldn't get a lot going. You know, like Matt Flynn. Went 17 of 35, couldn't even complete 50% of his passes. 130 yards. Ryan Parlow came in that, that one series and couldn't do anything. Jacob Hester couldn't get anything going. It was just like I said in the open, it was y'all's day, right? What? Let me ask you this because it's it's easy for LSU fans to sit here and say that you know when they remember that and and how it made them feel, but after the game in that locker room. What was that feeling like, taking down the number one team in the nation, taking down a team that everyone thought was the absolute best? What, what did you feel after that game, after beating number one, and even after maybe the season, taking down the best team in college football of that year?
1: Yeah. I'll say that was probably uh, – so Tim Couch, who was the number one draft pick from Kentucky, he came down. I mean, we were just excited in the locker room. And he came down and just said, let's go win, right? You guys are as good as any team in the entire nation. And it was something that a lot of us, right, everybody being at Kentucky, it was why we went to Kentucky, right, mm-hmm. to change it. We were a lot of three-star, two-star, four-star athletes that just didn't get the credit we thought we deserved. And this was our moment to say, hey, we're, we came here to show everybody that we can compete with these teams and beat them. And that really led on to a, shoot three, four bowl games in a row for us.
0: Um, a Kentucky a Kentucky games. history. Now, if they go, correct me if I'm wrong here, if Kentucky goes to another bowl game, they would tie or break that streak?
1: No, I think we'd break
0: it. Yeah, I think they, but they're tied now. But just to give you, just give people now, like, a a, a comparison and thought process of what y'all's class did.
1: Yeah, well, I'll take a step back. I just wanted to, because you had me thinking with the, the LSU game. Now, this was a crazy round robin that year. And I don't know why I call it that, but is we had a bye week, right? So we had a bye week before that game and LSU had just got in that crazy battle with Florida the week before. That's right. Right? So I mean I'm talking about that was a game. Hester was pushing the the load. He was probably banged up, right? Um so they might have come in a little banged up, right?
0: They def yeah, definitely. That's a fantastic point, Dick.
1: But now listen, so then what happens is Florida has a bye week the week after, so we go and we go into a three-round, uh, three-time overtime with them, and we're banged up. And Florida comes into us next, the very next week, right, and plays us banged up, and they end up beating us fourth quarter, like you know, forty-three. I forget what the, it was, but it was close, right? It was high-scoring, but man, in the SEC that year, and I keep looking at it, but I don't think there was
0: there was a tougher tougher season for anybody. When you you were it, so, Well, and talent. Dickie, that, oh, no. that, that season in the SEC, you could make the argument. You could make – I mean, that's the year Tebow won the Heisman. You can make the argument from top to bottom, from the west with Bama and LSU, from the east with Florida and Georgia did a little something, but from Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and even Auburn in the west, D- Dicky, that was six heavyweights, and they were battling it out. I mean – do you think that that year could have probably been the the the, the toughest in the SEC? I'm not going to say history cuz obviously that's debatable, but that has to be up there, right?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I watch the games nowadays and you kind of look at the the teams that they're playing and the, the way they're playing, the physicality of it all, and every now and again I got to go pull up the old film and just say I thought I thought we were tougher than mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, so the film doesn't lie, and I'm telling you those – I mean, it was just a different style of football.
0: Yeah, I mean, you talked about the Florida game from LSU the week before. I mean, Power Eye, Jacob Hester having to convert all those fourth downs. Dickie Lyons from the University of Kentucky and has been you is joining us. Everyone that's joining us, hit that like and hit that share. Before we get to the next segment, before we get to the next segment, we have to get to someone that Dickey knows very, very well, very, very, very well. And our next sponsor, Mike Bazil, Financial Advisor for all things financial, family planning, retirement planning, business planning, insurance planning. Call Mike Bazil today. If you're left for it, you better plan for it. Call Mike Bazil 504-343-1576. That's 504-343-1576. I had someone call me today and say, Mike, or tell me, say, Blake, I, I talked with Mike Bazil over – at northwestern and he is doing so much better I, I feel so much safer with everything going on Mike Bazil has definitely definitely hooked us up so call him today 504-343-1576. and Dicky I know you know Mike Bazil pretty well
1: I mean I I would call him family
0: <laughs> absolutely Dickie Lyons joining us now Dicky I I, I well we will say we'll save the vote for last because I want us when we're leaving, I want everybody to go out there and vote for you on Twitter to get that, that vote up. Dickie, a question I had was individually, not team, not you know, individually. What is the best game? And I, I would say maybe just college, but what's the best game that you had individually? Or it, it might not even be the stats right? Like stats don't always show how great of a game you had, but while at the university of Kentucky, what's the best game you ever had?
1: So I'll say, um uh, a lot of people, there's two different games that stick out in my mind. If you said, Hey, Dickie, where when you? We were just lights out, um, Mississippi state game, 2006. Um, and then also the Florida game, 2007, the week, the, the week after the LSU game. Right. Um, mm-hmm. LSU. I mean, the Florida game. I had you know, shoot, eight catches for 124 and three touchdowns, and then. But the Mississippi State game, I had like 120 something for one touchdown. But I would say the Mississippi State is probably the best game I had to play. And there's a really cool backstory. Are you ready for it?
0: I am ready for it.
1: Because it also ties into LSU again. So this was the year before we had just gone down to Death Valley, LSU. We were down 40. We lost 49 nothing. We lost 49 mm. nothing. I went on to the media, right, because they wanted to talk to me because I was the offensive MVP for that game because I had like six catches for 50 yards and no touchdowns. Um, honestly, <laughs> we got shut out. And they said, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm pissed. I said, I'm pissed. And I said, we're going to beat Mississippi State next week like LSU just beat us. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I want to get our backups in. That's how good of a game I want to play. To show everybody that this was a fluke and you know all of a sudden you know looking back now it might have been the, the greatest thing to say <laughs> i didn't know you know poster board material all that stuff um but anyways so my coach ran me coach brooks ran me uh banned me from the media for the week because i mean it it became a big deal right like um lions calls out mississippi state like it was all over the media we go down to starchville and first of all, I'm in trouble, right? <laughs>
0: then, yeah.
1: <laughs> then, this is really funny. Why are you in trouble, Nick?
0: Hotel. I feel like when Dicky, I feel like every time you tell a story, you, you get to that peak, and we're at that peak, and something great's about to happen. So what happens next? Yeah. So then, what happens
1: next is we all walk into the hotel, and then my dad's there, right? And all like all the parents are, and my dad's sitting there, and. and Rich Brooks walks up to him, right? And my Mm -hmm. dad says, uh, yeah, so Dickie uh, Dickie shot his mouth off a little bit, huh? And I don't know exactly what Brooks said, but uh, something like, yeah, he needs to keep his mouth shut, right? Mm -hmm. And I think Dickie said something to where, well, well, that's what winners do. And and, and I'm just here, and this, this was one of those things to where, like, all of a sudden, like, I think Dicky threw his glass and, and Brooks and him were getting in like an argument. I'm like, oh no, I'm getting I'm I'm getting kicked off the team. Right? Um, uh-huh. so because I didn't even know, right? One of my buddies, I was already in the um the the room, and they're like, dude, I think your dad's about to fight Coach Brooks. So I said, Oh great. So I go down and Brooks gives me a hug and says, I know where you got your your fire from, boy. So I'm just sitting there going, I think I should probably have a good game today. That would probably mm. make sense. Um, so I just had a lot of pressure, right, because I know I was in the doghouse. All my buddies knew I was in the doghouse. And then I get on the field, and I'm talking about those defensive linemen were just sitting there going, we're coming after you, number 12. We are coming after you, right? Like everybody had their eyes on 12. And, uh, man, my buddies backed me up. Andre Woodson, the quarterback at the time. He he fed me the ball more than more than he usually does, made some good catches. And then I had probably what I would call the greatest catch of my life. Right. Um, It was in the back Is that the the
0: one hander in the end zone?
1: It was a one hander in the end zone. It actually originally got called incomplete, but I was able to get one foot down in the back corner of it. And we had to call a timeout for some reason and they had to review it. And that was like the first year that reviews became a thing. Mm -hmm. So um this is one of the greatest games ever right but it just goes to show you you know a little bit about i guess reflecting on who i was right which is i'm a guy that number one i don't like to lose number two i'm going to speak my mind and number three i'm going to back it up Mm -hmm. um now i'm i would like to say i've grown um more humble over the years especially in the professional world. But if you put me back on the football field, I'm pretty sure that guy would come back out.
0: Mike Bazil on Facebook Live says, is that the one that's framed up in your office? Dickie, did you did you get that picture framed in your office?
1: <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen when, you, when your wife doesn't let you frame or put anything up in your house, it's got to go in your office.
0: Amen. Look, there's nothing in my house that my wife lets me hang up, which is fine. But still, like, I want something i want something mike bazil devin sees this pops knows best everyone in on and facebook youtube twitter go ahead and if you have some questions for dickie we'll go ahead and ask him steven miller says i like this guy already just because he just because he had an extra s in starkville <laughs> steven miller my boy i greatly appreciate you joining jeremy aliff we greatly appreciate y'all joining so Dickie, before we get to the big part of the hour on everyone, need to go vote for you for one of the best receivers. No, let me. Well, I will wait because I, I got one more thing, Dickie. And we talked about this a little bit before, me and you. But you play with some very, very good NFL talent on offense, right? Jacob Tammy, uh, uh, Jones, I forget Jones's first name, Stevie Johnson, Randall Cobb, like all names that are in the NFL, still in the NFL. And one thing that, you know, people don't get or don't do now because of the transfer portal and all this kind of stuff is, is stick it out and really, really work. So I guess the question is, is the competitiveness of of that Kentucky class and and everything that you remember with being around such great guys and, and, of, and of yourself, what do you remember about just being in that locker room? And the reason I ask that too is because most of the people that are watching – or, or LSU fans, and they see the res- receiving core for LSU, guys that win Balitnikovs, guys that are going to the, into the NFL first re- overall picks. When you remember of your time back in Kentucky and all those great guys, and I know you've had Stevie Johnson on, I know you've had Jacob Tammy on, what what do you remember about that? So those
1: guys, I mean, when you look at back at how they recruited, right, because we don't get the five-star. Right? You don't get the early Doucette, the Dwayne Bowe, the Craig Davises of the world, Right, um, mm-hmm. the Odell Beckhams. You didn't get those at Kentucky. It's hard to recruit. Right, So what the coaches would look at, they would obviously look at, at skill set and talent, but they looked at, are these guys winners? Did they come from winning backgrounds? Did they come from undefeated schools? Did they come from district championships? And those guys, like Wesley Woodyard, Stevie Johnson, Raphael Little, who played uh, with radio or at radio school, um, Mm -hmm. they just recruited winners, right? So everybody that was there had a winning mindset. They had a chip on their shoulder, and they had the talent. And you look back at those guys, and they've obviously developed me. I pull a lot from those guys, especially Wesley Woodyard who's still, mm-hmm. I think he's in his 11th and 12th year in the NFL. Yeah. He was my yeah. college roommate yeah. here. He's my college roommate, and he really showed you how to win. Mm-hmm. Right? Not even not on the field, which he always gave 120%, but off the field.
0: Well, you know, Dickie, and that's something, as Paul Hodge on Facebook Live says, District Chance. Paul, what's going on, man? Thank you for joining. But that's right. And, you know, look. You know, LSU's first ever, our first receiver there was off the board this year, and Justin Jefferson was a two star that had to get developed. And, you know, the famous quote was Coach O saying, That's not bad for a two star. I mean, even today, and, and this is a question that we have on Facebook Live that I'm going to ask you, but even today, Dick, development is, is a big key. I mean, look at Lynn Bowden this last year, moves to receiver, goes to play quarterback, only to be drafted as a running back in the NFL. Guys that, I feel like Kentucky just always has that mold, that receiver, that guy that is going to put in the work, who's going to give you a lot, and is going to really put it out there. Is that just like the the, the feel of Kentucky? Blue-collar guys is just going to come in and work and, and try to make it in the league? I think if
1: – I mean, if you look at it over and over, those are the guys that we look for, right? And those are the guys that are drawn to the program because they've seen the people that come before them. And you talked about Randall Cobb. I mean, Randall Cobb was a mm-hmm. freshman when I was a senior – right? And you didn't know him. Nobody knew him. Went from Alcoa, Tennessee. Um, Even our coach, I remember we had a highly drafted or a highly recruited um, other wide receiver that, you know, that fit the mold, right? 6'6", 220, could run like a gazelle. And it's just over the summertime. And, you know, he's asking me how the rookies are doing, how the freshmen are doing. And I look at him, I say, I think Randall Cobb is, uh, is better than me.
0: Hmm.
1: And he says, uh, yeah, 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 but but what about the other guy?
0: The, right? the, the higher like star guy. guy.
1: Yeah, just the, 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 the better looking guy, right? And it just goes to show you, and, and we mentioned it earlier, the Rockies of the world, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's who we recruit. We recruit the Rockies of the world that don't look the part, but you don't want to get in the ring with those guys. And if you've seen Randall's career and Wesley's career and Jacob Tammy's career, um, Stevie Johnson, Keenan Burton, all these guys were five to ten years in the league, uh, and nobody would ever say that they were better than those guys from a talent standpoint.
0: Right. I have a question inside Facebook Live. Everyone on Twitter, I see you. We greatly appreciate you all joining. Steven Miller, a good buddy of mine, says, hashtag Dicky. You might need to use that for has-been you when you all do some some live stuff. Oh, hashtag AskDickey. Like Steven Miller, you just got something patented. Hashtag ask Dickie, how long will it be until Kentucky is vying in the East? I feel like they have been making very big strides of late in recent years. When you, when you see Kentucky's program now, Dick, how do you feel that they're going, especially under Stoops? Well, you know, it's
1: so funny three years ago, four years ago, I can't remember it was, but you know, everybody was calling for for Stoops' head, right? And they, because we weren't getting it together which it just seems like it's a common theme at Kentucky, right? Um, Um, But, obviously, they stuck it out, started winning some games. Two years ago, I think we won 10 games, right? right. We had had, uh, Benny Schnell. We're getting some good talent. We had a first-round draft pick, right, that came in, Bud Dupree, who's just Mm -hmm. a freak of nature. Um, Who's amazing, by the way, killing it in there. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that you see is we actually lost, right? So, this year, if we would have lost, our starting quarterback, which we did, right? And mm-hmm. Lynn Bowden had a take over as a Wildcat quarterback. I don't think in the previous years we would have been able to go to a bowl game and win some of the big games that we won. So I think you're starting to see the surrounding talent and the depth
0: grow at the
1: University of Kentucky. And if they can continue to build on that, his depth is what wins in the SEC.
0: Absolutely. Um, Absolutely
1: and I think you're starting to see that. So that's the biggest thing from recent years that you see today is now if one guy does not, one guy goes down, we can still fill the gaps.
0: Adam Burroughs Adam Burrows on Facebook Live says vying for the East, more like crying in the East.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness, huh? Well, let me tell you something. It was so funny because we never, when I played, I didn't know what the East or the West was and, um, I didn't even know the divisions. I just like to play football. I just thought we all played each other all the time. Um, but somebody said that's because, you know, Kentucky was never really in the run for these, so it was never really relevant to you, Dick. And I guess you're right.
0: Well, I mean, Stephen Miller brings up a great point back up in here. He says, Dick, he says seven wins, seven wins, ten wins, eight wins, and with a down quarterback. And that's not heard out of Kentucky. Coaching and money is bringing that program up, exactly what you what you said there. You know, I mean – he He's building something. And I think if people continue, continue to let him build something, especially with the players he's got coming back, he's going to be good. Now, last question before we get to the biggest topic of the night, Blaine Landry asked Dickie, who is the best DB that gave you the most trouble as far as matchup was? The play on the field that disturbed your routes and all of your play. Who is the best DB? So, Dickie, who's the best DB? I guess at the – well, because you you played with Denver for a little while. Was Champ Bailey there at that time? Yeah, Champ, Champ was there.
1: Let me tell you something. That, that guy is a freak. When I tell you, like, I mean, I just, you know, one-on-ones and whatever it was that I was playing against them on. I remember just this one time I had a comeback. And I gave him a really good what I thought was a really good uh, release. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I just beat Camp Bailey on a release. And then I turned back to run my comeback and he's already in front of me and he's already turned around and he's catching the interception. Like, I think he purposefully let me get the release because he already knew where I was
0: going. Right.
1: Right? Like like all that that
0: talent and all that experience, he knew what you were doing.
1: Yeah, he knew what I was doing, right? And uh, and I don't think he also knew what I was doing, but I think he was just that good. He's been around that long. He knew this. I mean, he's probably one of the smartest players you'll ever watch ever. But I mean, he he knew the he knew the spread. He knew what the what we were going to run. Like he he started to look at the percentages of what they're probably going to run, um, mm-hmm. and then he probably just bets right a lot of times. But, uh, well, and uh, I
0: mean, Champ Bailey could go down, arguably is one of the best defensive backs to ever play the game of football not just you know in college not just you know a couple years here and there there was a whole there was a decade where champ bailey was known as or considered as one of the best dbs and you went up against him i really like that question all right i promise dicky this is the last one and we'll get to the main part because mike Bazil. everyone call mike Bazille today we talked about him just a little bit ago but if you didn't hear it mike Bazil, financial advisor call him today 504-343-1576 it's Mike Bazil 504-343-1576. So Mike Bazil just texted me, and he yeah. he sent this on Facebook. I know Saturday. where you going with that. He goes, tell Dickey to tell the story of his halftime pump-up speech.
1: Yep, so halftime pump-up. I'm a true freshman. I just started as my first start as wide receiver, like three or four games in. Um, I'm the punt returner and, and like, the, the inside slot receiver. We're playing. We're at Auburn. And this is the year that they had Cadillac, Williams, and Ronnie Brown.
0: Ronnie Brown. And right. it was it was Jason Campbell the quarterback?
1: Yeah, Campbell was the quarterback. That might have been the year they won it all.
0: Yeah, they were in that 06. Uh, was it 06? It was 05. O- no, it was
1: 05. Yeah, 05. It was yeah, right. the 04 season. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But we'll look that up. But that's beside the point. They were studs, right? Um, they were killing us. Right. But we were actually still in the game. It was like twenty one to nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there going at halftime. And this is our freshman year. And, and again, we, we recruited winners in. But at the time prior to us, there was a lot of guys that were just like, all right, this is just, you know, when we play in the SEC, we just get demolished. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't having it.
0: So, so I you were you, you were kind of like Michael Jordan in the, in the last dance. If you watched a couple of those episodes.
1: I mean, we're one of the same. <laughs> so, so I, I get up coaches in the middle of coaches in the middle of trying to pump us up right and i get up and i said well, coach i got something to say i said i want to tell you guys a story about three indians these three indians they went to play a game and then in the middle of the game spirit cloud came down and said you got 24 hours to live well the first indian said well i guess it's only got 24 hours. I'm going to jump off this cliff and free fall to my death. And the other Indian said, well, I guess I'm going to go find the finest other Indian and make love to her till I die. And then the third Indian said, I shall finish the game. Mm. I shall finish the game. And I said, I don't know about y'all, but I came here for two reasons: give a speech and kick some ass. Now, I've done giving my speech. Now, let's go kick some ass. And I kicked over the garbage can. Right. And I ran out of the uh, locker room. And nobody followed
0: me. <laughs> 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 yep. so then- oh my gosh, that's the best thing I've ever heard, <laughs> Dicky. What's that movie? <laughs> what's the movie where the guy he was like uh, in a fraternity? That's <laughs> exactly he gave what was, a speech. Animal House. No, Where no was it was it? old school, wasn't it? With Will Ferrell when he said, Come on, we're going to the quad, and no one followed him out. I think that could be yeah, one, he, dude. Yeah. what's was the one that we had, uh, you'd show me the clip of,
1: yeah. That's the one, that's the one from, um, that's Animal House with J- uh, John Belushi. That's,
0: that's another right, one. He, that, that's right. <laughs> God, what a great story! That's hilarious. <laughs> so, Dick Lyons, well, former SEC wide receiver that. at the University of Kentucky. Gives a speech. He said, let's go, guys, and runs out. No one follows. <laughs> yeah. Walk back in, kind of
1: take a knee next to the other receivers, and then my wide receiver coach just looked at me and shaked his head.
0: <laughs> That's grand, man. All right. So the moment has come. We're about to be done, guys. But the last topic for the night. Now, Dickie, I'm going to start off this by saying this, that there has been a, a, a lot – a lot of gr- very great wide receivers to play in the state of Louisiana. So first off, if you guys haven't seen it, there was a poll that came out with the best wide receivers in Louisiana football history, and Dickie Lyons is one of them. Played at Holy Cross in his high school career. I mean, just to be on that ne- on that list alone, Dicky is a big deal. It speaks to your character. It speaks to your talent. It speaks to your hard work. I and mean, first first and foremost, I just want to say like just being on the list with guys like an Odell Beckham or uh I don't sure if Odell's on it but with Jarvis Landry or a a Reggie Wayne is a big deal and I feel like you should be very honored in that but tell everyone about the poll that's going on where they can find it and to go vote for you
1: yeah, so you know I just found out about it because my buddy uh Scott Watney, who is the head coach um, at Hannon High in Mandeville, you know, uh, he was looking at it, and uh, I guess this is the thing that's that's a uh, that's going out there in the Twitter sphere, and they're voting on it. They voted on the running backs already, and they've been voting on all the positions in history. And then um, he tagged me in it, and I look at it and I go, "Man, you're right. It was a, it was a big deal. Um, extremely blessed, you know, because when you look back at it." Um, you always think you could have done better, and you look at all those other guys, and you said those guys are just incredible athletes. So, mm-hmm. but the one thing that I don't know, is I don't know this guy I'm up against. Like, <laughs> um, and it looks like somebody padded his padded his stats.
0: Well, I, I'm gonna say this, Dickie, stats. and I I just want to say this, okay? And don't be mad at me, okay? All right. You're going against Tyrone Vaughns, who went to John Arrett, Okay, now he he was very very good okay very very good he held a national not just a louisiana record dick but a national record of 60 touchdowns but you're actually dickie you're not far behind him because if you look on vsn louisiana in the poll and dickie right now at 229 votes you're a little behind right at 40 percent. so everyone go to vsn louisiana on twitter and vote for Dicky lyons but dickie he was pretty good, but you, you're going to make the claim, and you should. You have the right to make the claim on your platform, why you believe that you're the best receiver to ever come through the state of Louisiana. Okay,
1: well, look, you can't sum up a man's football life by statistics alone, Blake. <laughs> you have you're up. right.
0: You're absolutely all right. The
1: other thing, you got to see, is he a leader? Does he grind off the field? Does he give it his all? Right? Does he make those charismatic catches that everybody remembers? Does he take the ball after running 99 yards, go to his old playing coach against Shaw, and drop the ball at his feet and get a 15-yard penalty that everybody remembers? Right? Does he guarantee wins? That's the question you got you ask yourself, and the answer is yes. Dickie Lyons
0: won that guy. Duty. We're pulling up a video behind the scenes of Dickie Lyons at yeah, the University we, we, of Kentucky. We got a good – we got a uh, view of the hit right here that I'm about to uh, put on. Through. All right. Go ahead and play it, Doobie. Let's see. Here we go. And. Here it comes. Here. Boom. Dickie Lyons right there. That was a pass to Stevie Johnson. That was my boy. Yes, indeed. Ooh, look, and hey, is. you're very good, very, very good friends with Craig Steltz, by the way. Craig Steltz, one of the best, the one of the best LSU yeah. DBs to ever come through. Zach uh, Kosh, well, look, I appreciate it, you see seeing Zach Kosh in, on Facebook. The Facebook Live just just posted the link. But Dicky, did you just see the hit?
1: Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, and obviously Craig Steltz was an incredible athlete. If you, uh, you know, I interviewed him what a few weeks ago and uh, Mm -hmm. we kind of just reminisce about that that shoot our lives right and what it meant for us coming from two catholic league school kids dreams to play in the fcc dreams to play in the nfl and now back into our communities trying to make an impact there it's just he's an awesome guy he's a fighter um he loves his state he loves his city um and he's just a, a great guy to be around. He makes you better, right? But most athletes do, right? Most successful athletes usually do make the people around them better because they had to work for
0: it. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, look, Craig Steltz was by far an easy one of the best, one of my more favorite LSU players. He played alongside with a guy named Curtis Taylor from my hometown of Franklinton, so I, I, I really liked that. Paul Hodge said, Dick, you played offense like defense. <laughs> Well, hey, look, you yes, know you what? Know,
1: it's, it's, I don't know if it speaks to uh, my abilities as a wide receiver when I go back to Kentucky and everybody goes, Man, I love that hit you put. I was like, What about any of my catches? Right. Do you guys remember, <laughs> do you guys remember any of those? But uh, Well, well but, Dickie, uh, crazy
0: stat talking about statistics that weren't on there. Okay. Crazy stat that I want to pull up for you just talking about high school. Did you really have 19 total kickoff return touchdowns in high school?
1: Pretty impressive, huh?
0: That is pretty dang impressive. That's a lot, 19. Yeah, that could be a lie. I don't know, but if it well, is, do you, if it's a lie, it's the University of Kentucky telling the lie because I pulled it off their uh, off your bio. Uh, okay. Well, yeah,
1: they might have had it. I think it was a combination of kickoff returns and bump and returns, but
0: regardless.
1: I think it was something like every two point one kickoffs or punts that was that I touched, I took to the house.
0: Wow. I mean, if only you could have played great schools like Franklinton instead of playing teams like Archbishop Shaw. Anywho, <laughs> 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 that is a shot at Archbishop Shaw. All right, guys, we greatly appreciate everyone that joined us. Hit that like and hit that share. Dickie, anything you want to say going out, where can they find you on has been you? Where can they find you on Facebook and uh, Twitter?
1: Yep. so it's all at Has Been You um, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. And again, we always say it's just better to be a has-been than it never was. And uh, we talk about what playing sports can do um, for personal development, personal growth, and how you can make fun of yourself now that you're old, out of shape, and uh, (laughs) all you do is talk about who you used to be. Yes, indeed.
0: Dickie Lyons, Dickie, I greatly, greatly appreciate you joining us tonight. It was a pleasure, sure. and we we will talk to you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Blake Ruffino, and this is Are You Serious? We'll be back tomorrow. Everyone watching, everyone watching, we're going to be taking phone calls. That's right. We're going to be doing live phone calls on the show tomorrow. I hope so. That is correct. We will, in fact, be taking phone calls. Doobie, we perfected it. Guys, Doobie Lane was back on the one to twos. My name is Blake Rufino. This is Are You Serious? Have a good night.